Welcome, everyone. We are the Geek Patrol, and our microphones don't have a stun setting. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And to quote Princess Leia after freeing Han Solo from his carbonite chamber, somebody give this Corellian a breath mint. Boy, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> I would like to let our audience Whose know that <laughs> yours. I would like to let our audience know that um, Joe's had a bad week. He's been a little under the weather, and we won't hold this against him. He'll be back to true Joe form next week. Well, we've often complained he was about in carbonite. We've often complained about the lack of real science in Star Wars, and I mean, come on, she frees him from Who? the carbonite chamber, gives him a kiss, and doesn't even comment on. Who? The I mean, I mean, he's he's the fresh, guy's been he's been what? freshly sealed, Joe. <laughs> As, like, as it was pointed I mean, out, I mean, I don't know about was, you. He was flash frozen like food. But when I open a package, it usually tastes pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'm I just know. reminded of the quote from the Princess Bride: "Love, true love, conquers all bad breath." Okay. Anyway, it's, it's like uh, she's been hanging out with a Wookie. Trust me, his breath doesn't smell that. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I don't know. It's just a thought. It's one of those things that's always bugged me over the years, and uh, <laughs> well, this is my you know, expression. Here's the, here's the thing, yeah. Joe. Okay. And I'm not, this is not, I I wanted the audience to know this is not in any way disparaging. I respect Trekkies. Joe, you're a Trekkie. You like Star Wars, but you're you're more into Star Trek, so you're looking for the hard science in there. Uh, Star Wars is, it's space magic. Okay. I can, I can. Nobody ever stinks except for Chewie. I'm not, I'm not, I, I appreciate them both equally for what they are. Speaking of Star Wars. If you appreciated them both for what they are, you wouldn't care about the fact there's no hard science in Star Wars. Okay, yeah, anyway, I'm, let's move along from that gag. Speaking of Star Wars, we're up to episode five of The Bad Batch. I just mm -hmm. want to do, I know we're not doing a, a, a week to week review, but. I, I just wanted to mention something because mm -hmm. Max called me out on something where I was actually questioning Dave Filoni, which you probably should never do. Oh, and I want to air wait. that later because um, I, I are, mean, are every you, time I'm about to say... Are you are are you a little uh, uninterested in the shenanigans season? I don't want to say, but let's let's just say, yeah, you're probably on the right track. So, But Alan, uh, uh, Brandon, you and I are going to do sort of a um, review or we're, we're going to at least discuss Night Court, the yeah, reboot, because yeah. let's face it, um, reboots don't always hold up. No, no, they don't. Um, I, I, I've seen many of them. And most of them don't. Right. And some of them try too hard. Right. The show. And, but this <laughs> one, I'm, 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 yeah, we'll get this more into it. This one's got some potential. Yeah, this has and potential. So, but, uh, and, and it, it, we're probably going to, it's probably going to lead to many other conversations. But before we get to any of that, Max, you were inspired by, um, this is something that you wanted to weigh in on. So, I'm a, yes, I'm a, this time I'm the one bringing this time, I'm the one bringing the science. Okay. Is this... No, I guess this is science. Oh, so, And we apologize to anybody that's eating breakfast right now. So, fair warning. <laughs> you probably ought to give that. Bum, bum, bum. Let's be tasteful in how we discuss this Okay, match, I, so. I do want to okay. say this. I know what inspired this rabbit hole search of yours. Okay. And I want you... As long as you're good with staying as far away from spoilers on that, because I'm banking episodes right now, I'm all about the fungus because we've discussed this on Geek Tank before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that. I've yet to see it, but this has inspired me to kind of 
reconsider it. Plus, it's Pedro, Pedro Pascal, so you right. can't go wrong with them. Uh, old man strength in The Last of Us. There you go. So The Last of Us, which I haven't seen anyway, so that yeah. can't, I mean, and I don't think any of us have seen right. it, so there's no spoilers. We're just and see, unlike unlike most of the people in my generation, I haven't played the games either. Mm. So. Oh, it's a video game. Yeah. Oh right. yes. But Max, some of us have seen it and played the game. So. Max, you're right. saying. That the that the premise of that is based on on a, a real science, right? So. Except the fungus doesn't uh, is not um, uh, effect, infecting us. It's infecting a carpenter ant in the in in like the South American regions in the rainforest. It's known as Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, or mm -hmm. O unilateralis, or its more colloquial name, the zombie ant fungus. Yes, yeah, good okay. old cordyceps. We know it well. Zombie ants. <laughs> that opens up all sorts of. Because you told us before on uh, uh, in science that there's for every one person in the world, there's like what seven million ants or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> and once they organize and, and get structured and take, you know, they're going to take. Let's over. just say Ophiocordyceps keeps them in balance. Right. Keeps them in check. So what is this thing? So the Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, or O unilateralis, is um, a, a fungus that attacks this particular type of carpenter ant, and it does so very insidiously. So first begins the infection, the inoculation, and then from there, the Ophiocordyceps pierces through the exoskeleton of the ant and hijacks its muscular system. Rather than the brain, it, it needs the brain intact in order for, you know, to do its deeds, but it hijacks the muscular system of the ant forces it to go to a hospitable area for the fungus to grow and reproduce. And once the ant is there, it's usually a north-facing leaf at about a certain level of temperature and humidity. The ant clamps down, is forced to clamp down with its mandibles onto a leaf, and um, uh, it's called the death grip. And once it does the death grip, it's eventually put out of its misery. And once it's dead, the Ophiocordyceps sprouts from the ant and there's a little bulb at um, a certain point of it from which the spores can launch out and start the whole process again. <laughs> so so you're basically telling us it turns it into the American teenager. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty gross, but but it's... Right. Well, here's the best thing. Yeah. Cordyceps doesn't just affect ants. Well, I was waiting for that. There is yeah. actually a cordyceps for almost every insect in that ant's neighborhood. There is a moth cordyceps. There is a grasshopper cordyceps. This is not isolated to a single species. Well, it yeah, makes you it wonder mutating. how mm -hmm. sentient is fungus that, that it has this sophisticated of a, a... I mean, it's making this ant do things, Max. I mean... It's hijacking its muscular system. It can detect mm -hmm. temperature and detect ideal humidity scenarios. That's creepy. Does it, mm. Okay, it's making me think. In, in the movie The Blob, did that thing have a brain? Was that smart, like... It, it does remind me a little of it. It's just a big, messy-looking well, something, but it's I, getting the job done, and it's. I making... wouldn't say it has a brain per se, but it has a system of electrons that move on instinct. Okay, so a system of electrons—that's pretty good. Uh, so that's what's going on. Oh, I've on studied here. the blob. It's a horror thing. I, I don't know insect zombie fungus. For one thing, that's a new name for my band. But I just feel like there's deep. Alan, you told I us just... that the biggest living plant, if you want to call it a plant, is the a biggest fungus. living creature on the planet. Is, a, is a single fungus which covers hundreds of acres. Hundreds of acres. Yes. And and, and it's all underground, hidden. We don't well, even walk over it. until it yeah. begins to fruit, yeah. in which case it begins to propagate itself and, and it makes mushrooms. So fungus is running the show of this planet. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Without them, we'd be dead. All right. Let's let's consult off the air, wrap up our thoughts, and then move along from this disgusting topic. <laughs> you're speaking of disgusting topics, you're listening to Geek Tank Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. 
And welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And uh, if you're listening, eating breakfast or <laughs> whatever you're eating right now, uh, we we apologize. You, you got mushrooms wanna... in that omelet? Yeah. Um, we <laughs> Max brought up a really horrifying dis- uh, subject the, based on the well, yeah. what inspired it was. Gotta the, love that Max. He's a real fun guy. Was mm-hmm. that uh, it's HBO? Uh, is that the? It's an HBO show based on a video game called The Last of Us, where it's basically uh, fungus is controlling people and in taking over the world, and uh, it's a little di- different premise um, from your typical zombie thing, but it's based on real science of a fungus that in it infects insects. And this one, in this particular case, Max was talking about the the uh, one that infects ants, and it basically draw. It's like I mean, it's really horrifying. It it digs mm-hmm. into its brain. And it and it uh, takes over its body, guides it to a, a location with the perfect humidity, perfect temperature, uh, a place where the ant doesn't want to go. Then it kills the ant and spreads its spores everywhere else. I mean, it's it kind of reminds that me of sexy. viral marketing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell two people, and you tell two people, and you tell two people. Yeah, but to me, it brings up the bigger conversation of does fungus have a. Uh, you know, does it have an intelligence, I guess? And then that leads to do trees well, and other plants well, have an intelligence? And by that basis, should we be eating well, them? Should we be, you well, know? Well, I mean, sci- science has snowball. proven time and time again that plants feel, plants emote. Hmm. Plants are, you know, the growth of plants is affected by the way you treat it. You know, they tell you, you they tell you to sl- sing to your plants and stuff. And it sounds ridiculous, but it actually works. So when we hug a tree, it actually feels better? Yes. Oh, in boy. fact, it just goes to show you that it is more detrimental to kill a tree than it is to eat a, you know, a hamburger. Now you're leading us down a, a weird road. I've, I, Brandon, because what do we do? All Alan, right. Alan, am I wrong? I, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to quote uh, a, a silly bad movie. I'm going to quote Tremors. Okay. Where of the graboid goes to its next life stage and they're running around <laughs> destroying everything in the valley but it's just because they're seeing heat signatures and everything humans do have something to do with heat car uh-huh. engines radio stations whatever and there's this wonderful quote that goes you mean these things are so smart because they're so stupid um well by by means of they can focus on one thing and exactly. get the job done. Right. They're not distracted. Exactly. Which is a kind and of genius in a way. When so, you yeah. when you look at nature and you look at any unified force, be it an ant nest, termites, or the single-minded pursuit of becoming a mushroom, <laughs> things can become amazingly adept at doing what they really want to do. Kind of like crosshair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well. That's. I don't know. That's a topic I would definitely check. I. We. There was no shortage of videos on YouTube and, about this. And it's Pedro Pascal. And you know yeah. what? Go check out this show. It is some great drama. Well, that's on your list, right, Brandon? So you'll probably be right, reporting right. it. I'm, I'm, I, it's not I'm, my type of. Show. I'm banking I'm a handful of episodes. Okay. Uh, before I actually watch it. Also, you know, the whole idea of being displaced. It, it, mm. It adds to my uh, entertainment value when I can finally watch it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're still recovering from the. Uh, oh man, I don't I don't even really want to get into home, it, but so, uh, yeah. right now I am the world champion, uh, you know, in uh, displacement as far as this room goes. Anyway, and 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 Brandon's the. <laughs> We're new, not competing. 
He's no. the new uh, guy for uh, 2023 bingo as far as, okay, no. are we going to get uh, displaced by a burst pipe? Are we going to have a, uh, our no. car die in the freeway? Are we well, going to, you know? My, fr- my friend Wayne Camp told me that to think of it as top loading. Okay. Get, get, all, all, the, get all the bad stuff out, out of the way in the first of 2023. The rest of the year will be gravy. Okay, cool. In which case, I'm winning the lottery in July. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, hey, well, uh, let's shift gears, you guys, because okay. I, I don't want to think about this fungus or this insect-eating fungus <laughs> anymore. But um, uh, the Bad Batch episode five came mm-hmm. on, and I, I don't know if this is a counseling session here, but I just, I'm just going to be real honest. There's five episodes in. The only episode that's doing anything for me was episode three where they right. examined uh, Crosshair. There's a few spoilers here, folks, mm-hmm. not that much. We we all love the Bad Batch season one. Mm-hmm. It's a Dave Filoni project, and we you know all hail Dave Filoni's skills. But, Brandon, I got to be honest, man. Uh, a lot of these are just, they go on an adventure, they go chase something. It's There's not much yeah. depth, in my opinion. But- I like to refer, I'm referring to it right now as the shenanigan season. Um, every every good show has a cooling off period at the beginning of one, uh, one of the one of the seasons after you've just had a massive uh, you know like triumph basically yeah so that they can build you back up because when a show goes from as good as Bad Batch was in season one and just keeps trying to grow eventually they burn you out and by the time you're you know watching season three you're like why did I even like this to begin with hmm. so you got to give that time where it's like all right there's an adjustment period. And I'm hoping that uh, the next, uh, you know, adventure that V takes them on, the, this this chalice they're go- they they talk about at the end of this one. Yes, I'm spoiling it, guys. I'm sorry if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. That's your own fault. <laughs> uh, it's Sunday morning. If you haven't watched it yet, you're not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> well, okay. but uh, but no, I I'm hoping that this is going to build to something bigger. But that's yeah. the hope because Dave Filoni every time you know and and. Full disclosure, when Ahsoka first came out, that's the perfect example. I couldn't stand that character, and she grew to become my favorite character because but of it, slow, the slow, and, the slow and it burn. Really, it really right? wasn't until, like, season, towards the end of season two that you really started to get, got to that point where you're like, I love Ahsoka. Right. Because she's so annoying in that first season. Right, right. And so uh, Max yeah. pointed out, he said, well, how do you know uh, that that crystal or that thing, you know, isn't a hugely important uh, thing that we just mm-hmm. saw in the last episode. Some oh, of this stuff, it, it just might be planting seeds and just kind of getting... I don't yeah. know, how about a rat named Peter? Okay, it melted yeah. into something... We don't know what it melted. Well, we I, don't know what it mutated into. No, and no. it's pre-Jedi. That's what's interesting. Well, yeah, but I it's mean, a historic artifact before that's, the Jedi. That's not... Well, no, no. Apparently, based on pirate legend, it's pre-Jedi. Well... They're pretty accurate, aren't they? Do you really think you can trust her at all? She's sort of annoying, too. I hate to say it. But, you know, that's the thing. Because she's she's annoying, she'll probably grow into a great character. She's like Sid, but with an adventure. She's going to be the bad guy of the season. You think so? Oh, God, yeah. Um, Sid gets on my nerves, too. A lot of them do, honestly. But but it's like I said, just uh, when I questioned Dave Filoni. But, honestly, the coolest characters that have been introduced this season are the, the, the mob boss dude from the race planet. Yeah, he was that guy with a giant. The guy uh, who t- who told him it's like y- your loyalty towards Sid. Watch your backs; it doesn't go both ways. Right. Okay. Well, we'll be following it for sure, and I'm sure by the end of it, we'll be hailing what a great season it was. But I don't know, uh, Dave Filoni, you better step up in the next few episodes. He's got a so. jump scare coming for you. Um. Okay. Hey guys, uh, this is going to be good. When we come back, uh, Night Court has been rebooted, and uh, Brandon and I are going to give our review and share our thoughts. Yep. 
And welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And uh, boy, um, I'm sure we've ruined a few breakfasts uh, around <laughs> around town and uh, I mean, for all of our listeners. Hey, it's not our fault that they put us on at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. Well, you know what are you going to do? So, but um, uh, we've 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 chimed in on uh, the insect zombie fungus, which is it's, I really go- wish we could have dived in more. It's it's what it's very interesting and it's all you over know, YouTube. You I know, mean, Max, you've got control of all this equipment. You could always do a podcast and just throw it online. Yeah, yeah, we, I mean, you, just just you and fungus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we we've given our. Uh, I've been cautious about uh, season two of uh, the Bad Batch because um, I've I've begun to make the the rookie mistake of questioning Dave Filoni, and I'm sure by the end of the season it's gonna mm-hmm. be it's gonna be great. So. Uh, we'll follow that progress um, along, but Brandon Night Court has been okay. Yeah. Let's let's let me make sure I clarify. Okay, is it is it right to say that Night Court has been rebooted or has it been um, you mean re-launched? rebooted? Well, I'm just wondering because um, there's some things where it's sort of like we th- they're trying to recreate something using the right. theme of this. This is literally saying I'm the son, I mean I'm the daughter this, of Harry. This what, is these are actual characters from the original show. This is basically show. a legacy sequel. Uh, you know, it's Yeah, sequels yeah. more like A lot a lot of people a lot of people, you know, it's like it's like with Will and Grace, Mad About You and all those other shows that came back and they're just, you know, they came back at a time in those same characters lives just later. Okay. This one kind of except for one character so far, so far I'm saying, uh is a, you know, it's a legacy character coming back to where her father worked before. It's something she was inspired to do, and you know, they're they're. It's just it's the new the new generation basically. Right. It's it Night Court, the new generation and next generation, which is hilarious when you think about the fact Brent Spiner got his his mm-hmm. real stardom from Night Court. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But but uh, yeah. Night Court, and I guess we're dealing dealing with a few spoilers. So they're we up can't. to episode yeah. three. They're going to drop them every. Um, this is uh, on the Peacock Network. Yeah, the 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 first week they dropped the first two episodes, and they have dropped from here on out. It's it's just going to be weekly, one thirty minute episode each week. Is it on um, regular TV? I don't even. Watch I don't know. TV I don't watch anymore, regular so. TV anymore. Okay, it's streaming. It's, it's so. like I watch it on Peacock. So, but uh, uh, but uh, okay. Now, what is uh, his daughter? What is Harry's daughter's name? Her name is Abigail Stone. She goes by Abby. It's she's played by Melissa Rauch from uh, Big Bang Theory. She played Bernadette, Howard's wife. She's very likable. She reminds me a lot of Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec, where you just very, like you can't any nobody could hate. Very, Leslie very nope. much like, so. Very uh, positive. You know, it's like, and she's she's got that can do attitude that 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 I'm gonna do this spirit. I'm gonna make a difference. Right. And she starts by recruiting Dan Fielding, former assistant D- district attorney, uh, to be a public defender. He's been living as a process server the past few years uh, after having lost his wife. Right. And he was a – so the, the difference was back on night court, he was the prosecutor. Right? Yep. He was always he, the one send these guys mm-hmm. up, you know, he whatever. Was, he, was, he was a giant chauvinist pig. He was your yeah. typical 80s yuppie style. Uh, he had a homeless man as his, quote-unquote, paralegal slash assistant. Uh, John Larroquette just but is John Larroquette, great at playing a yes, jerk. That's John his, Larroquette's great at anything he does. Yeah, whether he is playing, yeah, not argue that. where no. he's playing Dan Fielding, whether he was playing on the Librarians, uh, he was amazing there. 
He's he, I mean, he's great as the narrator to the opening of every reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's true. But he was that I '80s like, jerk. He was yeah, in stripes. He, he was he, in all. The, he's just good at he, being he, a jerk. He played that role perfectly. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I forgot about that. The John Larroquette show. The where John Larroquette show. He was man, a recovering I, alcoholic, I and he was he was running the there. train station. Yeah. Yeah. The bus station. Yeah. So night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been rebooted. So now he's going to go, and she wants him to do. I guess the. Uh, in the first episode, it was pretty good. The, um, the uh, Pete, what do they call that? The um, court-appointed, um, what, what is that called? The public defender. Public defender just quit the first. Yeah, she, she right. tells him, uh, <laughs> Abby, Abby tells the public defender who's there that she, she sees his potential, and that inspires him to quit. Yeah, because he's like, I came here so I don't have to work. I just want to, I just yeah. want to coast. And so yeah. basically, because she's expecting great things from him, he he, he leaves. So now she, so now he's uh, John Larroquette's character is going to go from being the, uh, going from the prosecutor yeah. to being trying to be sympathetic what, and help, which is not in his and, nature. And, so. and, and it's great because you're watching him try to, uh, you know, in, in the second episode where he's trying to connect with his clients, and he sits down to talk mm. to the, with this one guy who thinks that the government has been taken over by lizard people. Shout out <laughs> to our buddy Brody Scott, um, and 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 he, you know, he's like. I believe it's in the Constitution that I am, uh, you know, that I am provided with a court-appointed human attorney, right? Not some lizard. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so it's it's. But but one of the greatest things about Night Court from the get-go has always been the people in the court. I mean, yeah, you got good stories and good character development with all the people who are part of the court. Uh, you know, we we watched, you know. Well, Mac and Bull and 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 oh, Marky Post, Post and as, as Christine. I mean, you these were characters you watched them grow. <clears throat> but what was great was that the court itself was a live action cartoon with some of the most colorful characters in the world. Uh, Bob and June Wheeler being two of my favorite. Which of course you know, Brent Spiner was Bob Wheeler. Yes, right. <laughs> that that's the best part of Night Court to me because for one thing, it's a it's a great premise because they they they're never going to run out of material. Like they they had one uh, a guy was accused of um, performing non consensual haircuts. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. One guy. Oh. Uh, the D and D D and D this this drunken distortedly Dungeons and Dragons this geeky kid with a Dungeons and Dragon helmet comes in and yeah. they and they said uh, and and he was um seen wielding a a weapon and then and then the d defense attorney steps in and he goes now I have to say your honor there were extenuating circumstances uh, orc the they were celebrating the marriage of orc mm. the somebody whatever yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah now there's mm. there's a scene you can see we've it been in to the, that wedding you can right. see it in the trailer for the show uh but it, it goes farther in the actual show uh where neil her her uh court liaison guy the guy who gives her the cases the yeah. the, the, the mac role from the original series right. he comes up and he goes can we deal with, you know take care of all the public urination cases all at once <laughs> and she goes yeah let's go for it so these these two guys are there and she goes guilty guilty and then there's a woman she goes impressive but guilty and then you turn around and it's a sports mascot in full costume <laughs> And you're just like, I'm I'm watching Night Court. <laughs> that's that's what that's why I watched Night Court. I didn't care about all the others. Yeah. It was all the goofy things that wound up in court. So uh, so we're up to episode three, and uh, apparently, it, it, from what you're saying with the critics, it just keeps accelerating. It just keeps getting so, better. All right, so we're oh, going to unpack good. a little more of that when we come back, and then maybe talk about some other reboots gone right. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, we've talked about the Bad Batch episode or season uh, two. We've talked about the insect zombie fungus, which we're not going to discuss anymore. Go Google it if you want to find out more. <laughs> but uh, Brandon, before the break, we were talking about uh, the Night Court reboot, which right. we're really saying is really more of a sequel because they're not... It, it's not using like uh, a premise of Night Court. This is actually picking up where the old Night Court began. And yep. one of the things that it's, uh, you know, there's probably some people that have never watched Night Court. I would definitely, you could probably just jump on YouTube and watch past yeah, episodes. It's, uh, if you if you live somewhere where uh, you've got memorable entertainment television or uh, something like that, you can probably find repeats late at night where they just run a marathon of them on, on the regular but uh, yeah, check YouTube for full episodes. Um, if you've got YouTube, YouTube Premium, you should be able to get the episodes straightforward. But uh, you know, you may have to pay for some of the seasons. Now, one sure. of the things when you get on YouTube or if you just look for clips, one of the best clips you're ever going to see it's the launch, like you said, Brandon, of Brent Spiner's career before he was Data and before mm -hmm. he did all his movies yeah. and everything. He was Bob. <laughs> wait, it he was, was Bob Wheeler, who wife, was, uh, husband of he June was, Wheeler, he father was of their a, little daughter, daughter Carol Ann. If he I was recall. a Yugoslavian redneck. Yeah, that's the easiest <laughs> way to say it. They were from Yugoslavia, but you know they kind of reminded you of down mm. home Alabama. Yeah, they they've been uh, in a trailer park. Which or is two. which is also funny because when you think about it, Dan's folks were the same way. Okay, but but you know, he but, always he was a repeat oh, offender, but he always was good. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a criminal. He just did dumb things got, that got him thrown in court. He got involved in some what we will refer to as wily coyote style shenanigans. <laughs> um, there's an episode where he and June have inherited money and they end up buying the newsstand. But what brings them into court is they have been arrested for unlawful detonation of poultry. <laughs> Because they were trying to raise chickens, and they were using a propane-powered incubator for the eggs. Oh, my gosh. That's the best. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Alan, you've been guilty of that many times. But, so, I mean, the unlawful but, detonation of right. poultry. And, I mean, those are, those are just a handful of the, you know, the, the characters you, you saw. But, I mean... They they're the cream of the crop, but you had some really weird episodes that John Aston, John, John Aston, John Aston, who is Harry's father. Yes, but you find when you first meet him, you find out that he was a friend of Harry's mother who knew her from the insane asylum they were in together. Yes, but you don't find out until like four seasons later he's Harry's biological father. Oh, spoiler! Okay, no, no. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. With as much as much insanity, a thirty year old show. With yeah. with as much insanity that happens in the show, if you start watching it tomorrow, you're not going to remember what the thing about John Aston being his dad until it gets revealed. But you know, I'm waiting for it. I, I, it won't happen. I'm sure it won't. But I'm waiting for Dan to find Bull living in the basement of the courthouse. See, I kept there's all these running gags like the like the the, the birds up in the ceiling of the court and right. it's still there. And the guy is trying to he he doesn't have enough money for an exterminator, so he's trying to placate the alpha males up there yeah. by right. giving them pizza. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right. I'm expecting a lot of these I'm, characters. And in fact, well, I thought in one episode I saw Bull in the background talking. I I wouldn't know, be surprised. If some I wouldn't of these be a bit surprised up. if some of these yeah. guys, uh, some of these. Uh, character the actors because uh, marshall warfield is still around and uh richard mull is still around we know brent spiner brent spiner's and, gotta and, show up and the woman He's who gotta, played his wife yeah. they're they're both still alive right what Yakov i want to see was on the show Yakov Smirnov, uh you know it's like 
but what um, I'm wanting uh, to see, uh, the guy and, that and, Kramer and, and, was and on Lou there. Ferrigno was on the show. Uh, right, Here's he was a, like one there of the was, crazy characters. There right. was an episode where uh, they they had a public disturbance that was a fight between original Trekkies and next gen Trekkies. Yes. Oh my gosh, that one and, is hilarious. But, but here's here's the thing. Yeah. One of the coolest things about Night Court is that at least once a season. You ended up with an episode where they had to get through like a ton of cases before it was over with, and you just saw these cases. All you saw was the basically the the outcome. It's like you know the whole uh, you know fifty dollars in time serve. You know that Harry always gave them. I'm waiting for that to happen in this, and I'm expecting like a bevy of like your typical '80s sitcom actors to show up in them. Oh yeah, because they would be the people who would be getting in trouble now. Um, it's you know we. There, there's definitely some uh, some potential for growth on this series, and and yeah, the critics who've already seen through the most, they say that by the time you get to like episode six, you're it's, it's full night court again. It's full night court. Okay, again. yeah, because right now they're sort of laying the groundwork, but they're they're already yeah. throwing in a lot of funny things. I like those identical twins that were in court and they were fighting and yeah. they were just like oh, yeah. I the, mean the the guy who she keeps trying to find ways to get him keep him out of trouble instead of giving him putting him in jail. And you find out he's he's a UC who's trying to get in with a mafia family, and he needs the criminal background. Oh, he was trying to get arrested, yeah. and she, yeah, for, and then and uh, then she, and yeah. then her uh, her assistant leans in and he goes, "Oh, he's an undercover cop," and speaks directly into that microphone. <laughs> oh yeah. And then later on, they're in the hallway, and he goes, "I mean, how long has that microphone been there?" And Dan goes, "Ever since my first day, yeah, back in 1984." Gosh, but it, it, it is a great show. And it kind of reminds me of the Batman 1966 where the most random people would stick their head out of the window when Batman and Robin were climbing up. Right, but yeah. the people would drop into court, you know. Wiley Coyote appeared in this court. That is true. Wiley, really? let's, he was so, let's be serious. He was suing at me. Coyote <laughs> was guilty and got read like a five-minute riot act by Harry yep. Stone. I missed and, and that it's like, one. That's it's like good. Harry is like doing this, and the camera's on Harry, <laughs> and then it turns to the to the thing, and it's Dan and, and Christine standing and, there, and it's the cartoon Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote. <laughs> I mean, how far? I mean, I, I just I I remember the episode where Bull was wrestling Lou Ferrigno right when, when he when he was uh, he had been like he, the butcher or something yeah, like the, that. Yeah. The bailiff butcher. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's that's the it's it, when you come up with a premise where you can't run out of material. No, I mean yeah. as long as it's it was goofy night enough, court. Yeah. it right. was night court. And and the drop in guests, and that's what the and, thing is. Just when you start relaxing, and you, you know, like yeah. okay, well, this show we need to pick it up. You, you throw a weird court case in there, yeah. and it instantly just and like, don't forget boom. the great battle of who was the weirdest judge. Um, oh, yep, the, whoever the biggest prankster. Yes. Yeah, when it's, Harry inflated the guy's robe after he won Harry's robe. <laughs> It's pretty awesome, man. So uh, we're 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 cautiously optimistic with the with the Night Court reboot, mm-hmm. and I, I I do like the the characters so far. They're all pretty pretty likable, and uh, it it's going to be interesting to see where the season unfolds. But Alan, I think you got to watch a few episodes and get caught up so we can do a I, you know comprehensive. I'm, I'm ready review. for a peaceful week. I'm okay. ready. All right. Well, we hope you all have a peaceful week coming up. We we definitely need that around here. So, but it's time to get out of here. So let's call it a day, you guys. So on behalf, uh, until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Alan Gilbreth. I'm Maximilian, and I am Brandon Olmstead. Just happy to be back. And watch out for that sandwich. It's full of fungus.